0: Blog TALK RADIO
1: Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have the amazing hard rock band Letters from the Fire coming on momentarily. I'm going to be interviewing guitarist Mike Keller, Keller, I'm sorry about that, I'd seen someone spell his name wrong somewhere and unfortunately that got stuck in my head. So guitarist Mike Keller and he's also one of the founding members of the band is going to be coming on in a moment. But before I bring him on, I just want to do a brief introduction about my show and then also introduce the band, do a nice bio on them. For anyone new who's tuning in tonight, I've been doing my show for, gosh, it's a little over three years now, I can't believe it. Uh, Letters from the Fire is one of the awesome bands that I've had the pleasure of interviewing tonight, and they join so many other bands, and I'm really encouraging everyone to check them out. Uh, Some of the bands I've interviewed have included Starset, Shaman's Harvest, Nonpoint, Bobaflex, Gemini Syndrome, Soil, Otherwise, and the list goes on, so please support these bands. Um, I also interview comedians sometimes, filmmakers, and other people, authors involved in the entertainment industry started my show because I really wanted to create a supportive forum for people. My background is actually in clinical psychology. That's what my doctorate degree is in. And I really enjoy interviewing. That's, uh, I think, one of my strengths. Um, and then my other side is that I have a passion for the entertainment industry. Um, I've done some writing for some magazines, Um, I have an album out as a solo artist, and then as I mentioned, I really wanted to create this forum, because personally, when you're doing everything independently, um, for those people out there, I know how difficult and challenging it can be. So if you're tuning in tonight, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can also call in tonight, I have the information in the chat room, the number is 805-243-1320 because I am going to be predominantly focused on the interview. I'm a one-person show. If you want to post questions, I will try to go when we're taking some breaks and listen to the song into the chat room. Um, and also just to throw out there, although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Uh, this is not a show where we're doing any type of a uh, formal therapy or analysis. Um, we will sometimes talk about psychological terms in an educational format, um, but that'll be the extent of it. And also, if anyone, my guests are free to talk about anything you'd like, if it's potentially embarrassing or humiliating, just uh, leave any identifying information out. Okay, so let's now do a nice introduction for the band. So. You guys are based out of San Francisco, the Bay Area. Uh, as I mentioned, the name is Letters from the Fire and as they say in their bio, they really are an unmistakable force that is taking the rock scene by storm. They got this drive and rhythm section, powerful guitar riffs set the scene for the melodic and captivating vocals. Elliot's vocals are phenomenal on this E P that they have out right now, and all the members are just really seasoned musicians. I mean, they're they're solid, they know what they're doing, they have a knack for writing creative, and uh, catchy songs that really can uh, get the audience's attention. These guys released their first EP in August of 2014. They have national radio airplay. How I found out about them, actually, is from uh, Sirius XM Octane. It's one of my favorite stations, and a lot of the bands that I've been introduced to, I've gotten off of that. They've, They've also toured in support of bands like Trapped, Nonpoint, Otherwise, and Pop Evil, to name a few. And as I mentioned, pick up a copy of this EP. It is stacked with one solid hit single after another. As we know, their main hit single out right now is Zombies in the Sun. And prior to that, they did an outstanding cover of The Beatles' Eleanor Rigby, which was also all over the radio. And uh, I must say, one of my personal favorites is actually their stripped-down acoustic version of uh, Zombies in the Sun, really organic feel, and uh, you can check it out on their album. So go to lettersfromthefire.net to find more information out about them, and also be sure to check them out on Shiprocked in uh, this February. Okay, so let's bring Mike on. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey.
0: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
1: Good, good. Thank you for joining me tonight. It's a pleasure to be supporting uh, you and your band. Oh,
2: thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited.
1: Cool. Very cool. So, um, yeah, I'd like to just to give you a heads up. I mean, you can guide the interview in whatever way you want. I really like to take the audience on a journey, so they don't just learn about who you guys are as mu- musicians, but also who you are as a person. Um, I really like to do a different type of interview. It's not going to be, don't worry, I'm not going to try to, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, I'm a psychologist, but I'm not going to
0: you know, delve
1: into any uh, deep, dark skeletons in your closet.
2: <laughs> but, um, <laughs> hey, well, you know, let's go crazy. It's all good. <laughs> okay, cool.
1: So just tell me to start out, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Did you grow up specifically in the San Francisco Bay Area?
2: Yeah, a little bit more of the South Bay, kind of like San Jose area. Um, okay. that's, that's where I was, That was where I was born. But, uh, I actually, um, around the age of six, I actually moved out of country and I lived in Germany for a while. Um, really? so that? I was, uh, my dad had a business there and it was just easier for him. You know, he was traveling wow. back and forth a lot and it was just, it was a little hard for him. So, you know, we all decided to pick up, you know, and, and go over there. Um, and from there I actually ended up moving to the Bahamas for two years. Um, oh my
1: gosh! So, that, just to digress a little bit, so you're six years old. You and who are we talking about? Your mother and how many brothers sisters do you have?
2: It was just me. It was just me at six. Me and just my and my mom. And then, um, you know, she she met my dad, um, who's you know my father now. And uh, and they ended up moving to Germany and, and starting this business. And you know, did pretty well. And then uh, moved to the Bahamas for whatever reason. I can't explain that reason. <laughs> you know? Okay. Um and then from and there I came back home. You,
1: how old were you when you moved to the Bahamas? Uh I was about eight. Wow. And when you're six years old and you're in this, you know, new place, are you going were you going to school there in Germany?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. They they threw me in a German school, not a not a international school. So I, I learned the language and uh you know.
1: Wow.
2: I, yeah, I assimilated pretty quickly. I mean being six it's much easier, you know. When you're younger.
1: Absolutely. Definitely. And what was it like? I mean, what was school like there for you as a kid in Germany?
2: Uh, I mean I you know, I when when you're six years old you kinda just you go with the flow, or right? at least I that's did. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like that's just it's it is what it is and you figure it out and you make your friends and mm-hmm. you know, and being from America for some reason that's like a, a cool thing there, you know, at least at the time. Um okay, so, you know, cool. I, I was I was I was able to make some friends, you know. Uh, the language barrier was obviously difficult. The first, you know, three or four months, but I, I picked it up pretty quick, and then I was able to, you know, converse with everybody.
1: That's awesome. Do you still speak it now?
2: You know, I, I don't. I, I stopped speaking no? it okay. when I moved back. You know, I could right. probably right. figure so it out.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm sure, because you were that young. It's easier, like you said, when you learn it at that old age. I'm sure if you had some... uh education in it, I'm sure it would all come back to you. But, wow, very interesting. So you moved to the Bahamas. If you don't mind me asking, what does your dad do for work? I mean, and again, you you share what you feel comfortable sharing.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, he, he has a company in Europe, and basically what they do is they uh, acquire customers for other companies. So they basically um, provide a, just a, a superior sales force uh, for these bigger, you know, telecommunication companies or, you know, energy, solar, et cetera.
1: Wow. Um, okay.
2: So, just, yeah, so that's what he does.
1: Okay, cool. Okay, so eight years old, how how long are you living in the Bahamas for before you come back over here?
2: So I was in the Bahamas for about two years.
1: Okay. And what was that like? I mean, again, you're a little kid, and like you said, assimilating and, and moving around that quickly. Did you adjust similarly when you moved to the Bahamas?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's paradise. You know, it's, it's the beach. It's, <laughs> the, you know, being in the ocean nonstop, you know, super nice. dark tans all year long. It, I mean, you can't complain as an eight-year-old. It's it's a playground, really.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's really interesting. I mean, I did a lot of research, what I could find on you guys, and that's not something I found. So there you go. <laughs>
0: um
1: <laughs> so how
0: old,
1: Yeah. How old were you then when you come back to California?
2: Uh, so I came back around the age of 10 and then just, you know, started school and kind of got back in the groove, you know, with all the family yeah. that was here and then um, went to middle school here and in high school as well.
1: Okay, cool. And college. And in, in, oh, all right, we'll get to that in a second. In school, when you were in elementary school, middle school, et cetera, were you into any type of sports or anything? Was there anything, before we start to talk about, of course, how you got involved in music that you did um, in addition to music?
0: Oh Yeah,
2: definitely. Actually, I did pretty much zero music. Uh, I don't think I even really listened to music until I was, I don't know, maybe 14 or 13 or 14. Um, okay. But, you know, I was a lot of, a lot of you know, building Legos and and playing outside, there was a lot of outside activities, um, you know, roller hockey, football, et cetera. I was a very active nice. kid.
1: <laughs> now, that's cool. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that, too, because unfortunately with the way, you know, today is, it looks like, unfortunately, you know, everyone's on their smartphones and the Internet and Twitter, and it's just such a different world for kids. And that's great that, you know, you had that experience to, right, you know, I remember the same thing, you know, playing outside and we weren't really hanging out in the house. You were always doing some type of a sport or something, you know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I kind of, I kind of feel bad for you know the kids these days. Even for my younger siblings who you know play so much video games or they're on their phone. I'm like, man, just go outside, you know, go get dirty and you right. know,
1: just
2: experience the sun a little bit. You know, it's weird.
1: Nice. And how many, how many siblings do you have?
2: I have three: uh, two brothers and a sister.
1: Okay. Oh, big family. There you go. Yeah. So, um, okay. So as you said, you know, you're playing sports, your kid likes to be outside. When did you start to, like you said, around 13, 14, what was, do you remember the moment or, you know, was there something that inspired you where you wanted to get involved in music?
2: Um, I I started, my first kind of band that I got into was Metallica. And, um, you know, I just really liked the kind of the raw, aggressive sound. And for whatever reason, I I gravitated towards it, Um, you know, started kind of exploring the Black Album first and then you know from there i kind of got into like the older stuff kill 'em all and then you know injustice for all and master puppets and then you know became a diehard fan basically and uh and then when i was about uh so 15 i went to summer sanitarium here in san francisco and it was it was opening with mudvayne then deftones oh, wow. then Limbiscuit, lincoln park and then metallica
1: Oh my gosh, so it was, the lineup! an <laughs> insane
2: lineup, yeah, insane lineup. And uh, that that was literally the day where I was like, I want to, I want to play guitar. And, okay. and I think I was yeah, 15 or so, and I saved up for about six months or seven months, and I got myself a Kirk Hammett signature series guitar, and I locked myself in a room for about four or five hours every day for several years.
1: Wow, so you're pretty much self-taught. I mean, did you have any lessons?
2: Uh, I had no lessons. I was pretty much just, uh, my dad had played a little bit here and there, so I kind of got, you know, the gist of what to do, but it was Mm -hmm. a lot of um, music books that that he had, a lot of Metallica music books, and I kind of, I learned tab, I figured out what it was, and then, um, then, you know, YouTube kind of came a little bit later, and then when YouTube came out, I started watching a lot of videos.
1: Very cool. So can you actually read music, or are you someone, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Howard Stern, so I love when the musicians come in and he goes nuts when they say, no, I can't read anything, but they just, you know, they shred, and it's just crazy. So,
2: I actually cannot to... read music okay. <laughs> at all. Wow. I, I, know th- I know the basic, you know, I, as I've gotten older, I've been able to appreciate a little bit more of the, the theory and all that stuff, so I've looked into mm-hmm. it. And you know, I know stuff, but as far as how I write music, I, it's all by ear, and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever's in my nice. head.
1: Very nice. And it was funny because I had texted my brother last night, and he's really into, like, hard rock music and stuff. And I said, oh, I have this band letters from the fire coming on tomorrow. Check out this music. And right before you just called in, he texted it, and He's like, oh, great songs. I'll in the sun. He goes, that guitarist is awesome. <laughs> so
0: it's <laughs> really cool. <laughs>
1: really great stuff you guys have. Um, Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to, we'll talk a little later, but I'm like dying to hear what the full length is eventually going to sound like. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: (laughs) All right. So you go through high school, as you said, you know, you're getting into music. Um, So what happens when you graduate? Did you have plans? Like you said, I want to hear a little bit about college, where you went, what you were studying. When you were in high school, did you have this like drive that you wanted to try to be a professional musician and, and make this career?
2: Well, it was weird. I mean, uh you know, in the beginning of high school I, I got into the guitar but I started playing football as well and uh got really into football and then my my senior year, you know, we had played like one show for the first time, whatever version of the old band it was. And uh but I also got I got a um, a scholarship to play football to play at a place called Occidental. It's like a division three school in, in the in Southern California.
0: Mhm. And heard so that. I was kind
2: mm-hmm. of kind of debating, you know, what do I want to do? Do I wanna go play sports? You know, or am I, am I digging this whole music thing? Um, and I ended up, I ended up staying home and going to Santa Clara University here in the Bay, um, and and they don't have a football team, so I just really kind of played music. You know, went to a studio for the first time, recorded our first EP. I think I was like nineteen or so, um,
1: uh-huh.
2: and and just kind of gravitated towards more, you know, more of the music side than the sports.
1: And when you were going to what was it called again? This college you decided to go to. Not the Occidental, okay, I said the other Santa one.
0: Clark.
1: Santa, Santa Clara. Clara. Was this a yeah, was this a was this an associate's program or a bachelor's?
2: It was a bachelor's, uh, for O'Connor. Oh business bachelor's okay, management. Right.
1: hmm Oh, business management that's what you went for?
2: Yeah, that's
1: what I went for, yeah. Cool. Okay, well I mean that fits with what you're doing. Um yeah, so
2: definitely. <laughs> so like
1: you said, you were really just focused on trying to pursue this music as your as your profession
2: yeah it was was definitely that was the focus and and it was hard because I didn't really I really got into the band thing and then you know I went on my first tour when I was I think I was uh, 20 or 21 Um, and I really started getting the taste of what it was like you know and I was just like I don't want to go to school anymore like I just want to tour and my parents were like what you know like what are you talking about (laughs) And, yeah, how did
1: um, how did your parents feel about that? I mean, when, you know, this is really what's kind of driving you and what you're motivated to do. Did they have any reservations? You know, what, were they supportive?
2: Uh, no, they were 100% supportive of the music. I mean, it was something that I was dedicating time to, you know, so they saw how much I loved it and they never mm-hmm. fought it. You know, the only the only time it was ever an issue was if I was like, you know, hey, I, I want to go on this tour and I got to take this semester off or I got to take this quarter off or if my grades gotcha. are suffering because I – I was playing too much guitar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Um Right, right. So their whole their whole thing was, you know, get your degree and then you can be a
1: rock
0: star. <laughs> you know, so nice.
1: Hey, that's that's good. That's great. And what would if, yeah. if God forbid you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what would be a backup plan for you? I mean, you have this business management management degree.
2: Oh yes, yeah, I I got the degree so I would you know, if if I wasn't doing music I'd you know, I'm I'm, I'm really into kind of taking, you know, business ideas and then growing them and help people develop their kind of stuff. So, you know, anything from, you know, business consulting, you know, uh, consulting, stuff like that. Mm Nice. Yeah. Or, like, there's a lot of startups here, which is really great, and, and, you know, a lot of talented, smart people in in the tech industry out here. Um, A lot of them young, very young. Um, You know, so I probably want to get into something like that, some kind of startup and, and build something from the ground up.
1: Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, I I definitely can uh, respect and appreciate people who do that and just put all that effort and hard work into it. I mean, it's just amazing when you're able to accomplish that. Well, Let's do this. I want to next start talking about, again, just kind of the first band you got into and a little bit about Park Lane because I was familiar with that that band name a little while back. Um, But let's do this. Let's start out and uh, check out Eleanor Rigby. Because um, that awesome. was the first uh, song that I heard you guys uh, playing on Sirius XM Octane, and a little bit about why you chose that song. I mean, it's you guys just did a an outstanding version of it. I mean, it's it's just it's catchy as all hell. <laughs> um, so oh, why did you choose that track? What was what was it about I... that song? Like, was there a story behind it?
2: It's honestly, we were just messing around. It was not supposed to be what it was. Um, you know, we had. So we We kind of had it, and i don't i don't know if you're familiar with Carly coma
1: um well yeah, I well, wanna eventually i I'm familiar with of him because of he used to be in candy and I don't know if he's back in Candy but yes will tell us you yeah, tell us a little bit about on and I wanna get back to eventually when we come back from that song, talking about just some of the lineup changes you've had and things like that, but sure, share any information you want right now,
2: yeah, so Carly was in he was in Park Lane and um and he had joined us, and, and he was like, hey, you guys should do this cover of, of Eleanor Rigby. So he actually, he sang the original version on top of it, which we had for a long time. Um, but as far as how it came about, it was just like, hey, you know, just take the song, mess around with it, see what happens. They had a version of it, you know, and then eventually he he left. And, and when Elliot joined the band, I said, hey, you know, sing this, sing this version. And he had never really heard the song. And so he, he took wow. about 15 minutes to learn the melody and the lyrics, went in the closet, sang the whole thing, and then that that version is a demo version that ended up being on the radio, which tripped us out.
1: That's, he ins- really, just sang it straight through, you're saying, and that's the one? Yeah, no, he, yeah, he learned it, and then, you know, he did the extra,
2: you know, harmonies and whatnot, and some of the right. streams and stuff, but, but yeah, he pretty much, he he learned the entire song in about 15 minutes, went in and recorded it, and and it was just really just a, wow. kind of a joke track that we, you know, our, our radio team ended up hearing, and they're like, "Why are we not pushing this?" Right. And uh, <laughs> it was kind of a struggle to, to deal with it because I didn't want to be a cover band, you know. We didn't want to be that band that came out with cover, you
1: know. No, I know, but I think sometimes you know it's an interesting way to look at it. If you want to, like I always say in psychology, like reframe it from a different perspective. You know, you guys are a newer, up and coming band, I mean, and hey, it, it catches people's attention right away. So. He might look at it from that angle. That hey, it's you know, hey, we want to hear more about these guys. This this track is great that they did. Um, that would be my perspective.
2: Oh, well, I, th- I think looking back now, it was it was a great idea, and it really, it kind of you know, it when when we did zombies, there was a familiarity with the band already. So the radio exactly. teams gave they all gave them they all gave it a chance. So they said, well, you know, I, we like
1: in Arabia, so let's see what zombies is, you know. Definitely, definitely. All right, cool. So uh, let's do this. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll check out Eleanor Rigby, and then we'll come back and start talking about Park Lane and Letters from the Fire and all that good stuff. All right? right, Sounds great. Great. Okay, hold on, Mike. All right, everyone. Again, you're listening to the guitarist Mike Keller from Letters from the Fire. We're going to check out their cover version of Eleanor Rigby from the Beatles. It's an amazing track, so let's uh, take it a listen to it, and we'll be back in a moment.
0: The rice and the church where a wedding has been. A, a dream waits at the window, wearing the face that you keep in a jar by the door. Who is it for?
1: All right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show again. Eleanor Rigby from Letters from the Fire. Be sure to check out their EP. It is out right now. You can visit them at lettersfromthefire.net and uh, get some more information about these guys. But definitely download a copy of this EP. Amazing songs on it, and as I'm sure Mike is going to talk about later. Looks like from their Facebook page, they're uh, definitely working on some new tunes right now. All right, let's bring Mike back on. All right, Mike, great song. Awesome. Really good stuff. Thank you. I have to say, personally, one of my favorite parts is just Elliot's screaming. I mean, it just adds, like, just such richness to it, and it's just great.
2: I <laughs> oh, appreciate it. Yeah, no, that was a, he, yeah. That was his idea. He's like, hey, let me try this, extend it real quick, and then he went in, and then, and then I came out, and I was like, all right, keep her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really cool, really cool. So, um, okay, so, yeah, so talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, Park Lane. Was that, was that the first band you were ever in? Because it looked like, from what I read out of high school, you and some, you know, people had formed a band, and was that the band?
2: Uh, kind of. I mean, there's, you know, like, I guess it wasn't really official until we had called ourselves Park Lane, but it was really just a, it was like a garage band, uh, two mm-hmm. brothers up the street, and you know, i had been playing metal, obviously for Metallica, and, and they were kind of like a, like a punk pop band type of thing going on, and they wanted to get a little bit heavier, so they, you know, I joined their little group. Um, and then pretty much just took over. <laughs> I started firing people okay. and getting you know kept the drummer <laughs> and you know fired his brother and got a new you know new guitar player. Wow, look and, at you with and
1: you with the business uh, the business savvy. Hey, you know what? Kudos to you if you're that assertive and you can uh, you know put things in line in terms of where you want them to be. So why were you getting oh, rid of people? What was what was going on?
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's just like when you when you start to when when the band develops and you start to figure things out you start to figure uh-huh. out you know who who's serious about it who's going to make it to practice yep. and and I was all about practice and riding and you know and if you don't show up to practice like you you just don't waste my time type of you know very right. i don't know yeah. not a well, very very aggressive uh with the whole thing um you know and then you just you kind of just kind of slowly put the pieces together get the right guys and and hopefully they're on the same you know wavelength and and you kind of go with it
1: Definitely, and when you're originally, like you said, you're you're kind of a newbie at joining this band. How did the other members feel when when you were saying, "Hey, you know, unfortunately, this person's not as serious as you know I want them to be, and I don't think it's going to be beneficial for the band." How do they feel when you say, "I think we need to, you know, unfortunately, let them go and bring someone else in?"
2: Well, at the end of the day, I was writing all the music, and then you know anybody okay. that I brought into the band was just better than the person I was trying to fire. Um, okay all right you so know no you, more feelings. at the end of the, yeah you know at the end of the day you can't argue with the results you know and uh mm-hmm. and then and, and just kind of goes goes along with that you know who, who's yeah. ever who's ever into it then hey you can stay if you're not into it then you know go home
1: <laughs> right right so the original members so you, you have you know and i definitely want to you know please introduce them too so was ben the drummer one of the original members
2: ben no ben was not he's no. brand new um the ah, the the original original lineup of the first Park Lane EP ever was it was Blake Markowski and Travis Markowski those are the singer and the drummer they're the okay. brothers and then we had Grayson Heard and on guitar me on guitar and uh, Robbie Sands as bass player oh wow okay um, yeah no I,
1: I had seen Grayson in some of the prior interviews I was reading from you know a while back that you guys had done but okay. So basically, again, not to, you know, we don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but mainly it was just because people needed to kind of step up and maybe it just wasn't going to be what they wanted to do career-wise, things like that, that you just had to say we needed to make some changes?
2: Yeah, pretty much, you know. And then, you know, mm-hmm. you know when as a when a band, like, plays together, members get better and, and, and you grow, and, and sometimes there's always kind of a, a straggler who doesn't quite, you know, mm-hmm. can't play the parts anymore and your parts get more complicated and, and they just can't keep up. So, you know, at that point, point, right. it, and it's the hardest thing in the world to do, especially when you're, sure. you know, 18, 17 to, to fire your best friends from something, um, right. you know, but, but you got to learn how to do it and, and it's tough, but I've got, uh, how many, I've fired so many best friends, it's almost oh, disgusting, have you, know?
1: you been able to sustain, have you been able to sustain some of the friendships despite, like you said, no, no, you know no hard loss, so to speak, you, you need to do what you need to do for your, you know, your band and your business, so to speak.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I've, some of the friendships, some of them have completely and totally, you know, melted down and are non-existent anymore, but, you know, I think, you know, everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. and what's meant to be, yeah. what's meant to be, and, you know.
1: Okay. Okay, so when do you formally kinda of get park going up and running. So what year is that around and tell us a little bit about, you know, bringing Carly in as the singer. Um, you know, give us a little background on that and then we'll start to transition into when Letters from the Fire comes to be.
2: Yeah, definitely. Now so um so we had that, that original lineup and then when I was I believe I was uh nineteen or twenty, yeah, 20 we went into um we went into uh San Francisco and we, we we recorded our first kind of like EP thing at this place called, um, God, I totally just drew a blank. It was a big studio um, in San Francisco. Like, Janis Joplin recorded there, Santana.
1: Wow. Metallica
2: did Load and Reload there. Um, and we were doing a five-song EP, and, you know, the members that we had just weren't working um, as far as the sing you know, vocalist goes. So we actually brought in a new singer. His name was Calvin Calloway, um, who was awesome. Like, he had this like raw, just, super awesome voice.
1: Okay. And how did you find this guy?
2: Craig, how did you uh, find Craigslist. Him?
1: Oh, all right.
2: Craig's Totally, yeah, I found him on Craigslist. <laughs> he was the last guy on the list and uh, came over and we're like, man, this guy's awesome. You know, he's like super buff and just like had a good look and tattoos. And, you know, <laughs> we, we really started playing shows all around the Bay right. with him, you know, and had played some big, big, big shows. Our, our first big official Park Lane show uh, I think had 350 people. And, you know, for a local wow. band, it's huge. That's great. You know. Yeah. So we started kind of getting all this attention, you know, in the local scene and, and whatnot. And then um, I was basically like, we need a tour. We need to get out of here. We need to, you know, let's take a chance. It's going to suck. And, you know, let's scrounge up whatever money we have and <laughs> let's figure it out, you know. So we did I a little mean. Southern California tour for like three days, four days. And then mm-hmm. we went all the way up to uh, Portland, Oregon, and we played this festival uh, called TomFest, and it's like a big Christian rock festival,
0: hmm. and
2: uh, it's it funny because we're not Christian at all,
0: but
2: <laughs> we basically told <laughs> them funny. that we were, you know, we're like, yeah, we're Christian, and, um, right. oh, man, just, we just, you know, but like, Adelaide Dine was playing, and all these really heavy, awesome bands that we loved, and so we're like, we gotta do this, um, so we pl- went and played that, and then came back, was writing, you know, right at, you know ri- wrote some more music, and, um, and then we ended up doing, like, a Texas tour for two weeks. Cool. Uh, so that was, like, um, that was amazing. That At that point, we're like, this is what we want to do. I'm loving this, you know.
1: That's great. Um,
2: did that tour with Calvin, you know, came home, um, wrote some more, kept on writing. And we did <laughs> this next summer. We, we built this entire tour. We're all excited about it. And uh, we get out there. And about halfway through the tour, all the shows start falling apart.
1: You no, know, oh, um, no. Why? What was going just
2: on? Poorly planned, you know. Um, venues either didn't know, like thought we were bringing our own PA you know, system. that's the worst. Or, I've heard horror
1: yeah. stories. Yeah, that's just oh.
2: Oh, it's it's insane. It's that when you're you know out in the middle of the country, you have no idea right. where you're at. You're you know you're showing up to these places, and and, they're, and they they're supposed to pay you, so you get to the next place, you know, and. um and some guys didn't know we were coming, some guys didn't oh promote, gosh. some guys didn't have a PA system, and uh, and Calvin basically halfway through the tour just had a m- total mental breakdown and was like, I can't do Aww. this, can't do this, and we literally it's we the cut the whole it. tour in half. Yeah, we didn't right. even finish it's... it. He was like, I. What was that?
1: Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was saying oh, the yeah. stress of it and the in terms of. For Calvin, the stress of just being out on the road, the to tour, all the challenges that you guys were encountering was just too much for him.
2: Yeah, it was just the this, this stress of that, and then you know he had a girlfriend at home, and mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know, he had heard some stuff that she was at some club, and like it was just this whole
1: Aww. whole
0: right. thing, you
2: know, and he couldn't handle it. And, and we were young, we were younger than him, so we were like having a great time. Like it sucks, but we're still having fun, you know. It's right still right. we're out about doing something with our lives, or at least attempting to, you know. So we saw it differently <laughs> than he did.
0: Okay. <laughs> you know?
2: So, yeah, he, halfway from the tour, he goes, I can't do this. You know, he goes, we we got to go home right now or I'm going to punch somebody. So at that point, we're like, you know what, they we can't obviously continue on without a singer, so let's go home. So okay. I drove all the way across the country with our tail between our legs, oh. you know, um, went all the way home, and basically, you know, that whole – us and Calvin, the whole thing kind of just fell apart, and and we were left without a singer. So at that point, I was also in college, you know, still going to class and doing the whole thing, and kind of rethinking if I'm if I was doing the right thing, you know, music. Okay. Um, so we we put out the you know put out the search and try to get a new singer. We had uh I don't know over a thousand submissions. Oh
1: my gosh. How do you go through? How do you comb through that? <laughs> Well, very
2: slowly. (laughs) It's (laughs) it's
1: a very interesting process. But kudos to you to get that many. I mean, that is just phenomenal. We uh, we were surprised. We didn't think there'd be that much interest. But, you know, we kind of, we
2: put it around the whole country. We said, you know, we're looking for a singer. This is what we've done. This is what we're going to do. You know, and it's funny because we ended up, we didn't end up picking any of those people. We, uh, my bass player actually found Carly's band, um, not Kanderia, but, um, what were they called?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: His his Christian hope his Christian kills side fear. project.
1: Hope kills fear, right? Yeah,
2: hope kills fear, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, found no, them, I saw like, them. Wow, this...
1: I saw them play in New Jersey. That's how I know of them. That's how I. I mean, it's been. So, I'd love to actually reach out to the guy. I haven't spoken with him in years, but I met him. You know, we actually had kind of you know developed a friendship, and yeah, okay, yeah, great. That they had great. That side project was great. The music they were doing yeah, they, was really they were, good.
2: They were, they were awesome. And he, he had a great voice. It was, it was unique, it was different, you know. Yeah. And uh so we okay. we actually messaged him and sent him a song and he literally hit us up I don't know, five minutes later and was like, Yeah, you know, what's what's going on? What are you guys doing? And and we flew him out from New York, came to California, and we just kinda vibed, you know. Mhm. And uh so he came out so that was a new lineup, it was, you know, new singer. Mhm. New bass player. <laughs> we just let's start from scratch again. Let's see if we can do this. Uh, wrote an entire record. So that's the first Park Lane record. You could probably still find it online. I'm not sure.
0: Oh wow! Um, okay. With Carly
2: on it. So he joined the band, did the record, um, and then we did a we did a tour with Fuel. Believe it or not.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I do remember that so, actually. I do remember seeing you guys promoting that. Wow, that's great.
2: Yeah. So if
1: we got lucky so, with that part, I'm not
2: even sure how that that came about, but.
1: <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. So what eventually, just to, so we can start getting into Letters from the Fire, you know, what happens what happens with Park Lane, um with Carly and you know, again, unfortunately lineup changes.
2: Yeah, no, we did we did uh we did one final E P with Carly with Ben Moody, who was actually the original guitar player for Evanescence.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and did did a tour with Twelve Stones, we had all the labels come out
0: and uh
2: Wow. And and basically they you know, they basically said they love the band but they weren't a fan of Carly and how he fit with the band.
1: Oh, so gosh. that was
2: heartbreaking to hear. You know.
1: That's um, crazy. I mean I think that I think he added a really you know, again, singer you have now, phenomenal, great. I mean everyone comes along with their, you know, strengths and everything, but you know, interesting dynamic I think that he, you know, had added when you guys were working together.
2: Oh no, I mean we we love Carly. Carly is one of the best people you'll ever meet. And just so kind yeah. and so hardworking, you know. And his attitude was like, he goes, He just said, Listen, he goes, I've done it. I've done Kendaria. Mm-hmm. I've toured the world. You know, I'm fine. He goes, I need, I want you guys to find what you need to be successful, and I, I it's okay.
1: Wow.
2: You know, so wow. it was very, it was a, very a, amicable split.
1: Yeah, you went. Yeah. So, yeah, we're so me that's and him are still basically close. What happened? I'm sorry, you yeah, you
2: and him are still, still close? Yeah, very, I mean, we still talk all the time.
1: And, Cool.
2: and uh, everything's still very cool.
1: Very cool. So that was kind of the breaking point then of the labels and finding, for whatever reason, a different fit, so to speak.
2: Basically, yeah. I mean, you know, it's one thing to, to lose a guitar player or a bass player. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a million guitar players. There's a million bass players. Right. But to find a unique singer who, who understands you and that you – it's almost impossible. It's so hard. Um, that has every element, you know, the look, the voice, you know, the attitude, and et, et cetera, et cetera. And we had searched for, God, I don't know, like a year or maybe a year and a half. And and at that point, probably, to be honest, eight months ago from today, I almost just stopped the whole band thing. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this you anymore. that
1: long to, that you know, was was a label or something helping you guys out? I mean, in terms of, you said, you were getting a lot of interest with someone helping you find a certain, so to speak, type of singer to fit what they were looking for?
2: Yeah, we had a couple labels would send us a couple guys, and they would do you know tracks on the songs, and, and they just mm-hmm. but it never fit. You know, it was always it was always it was never organic. It was just so for cookie
0: cutter, right?
2: Yeah, it was just too too cookie cutter for us. You know, for like kind of I guess what we enjoy uh, for vocalists, and uh, and it just. It, could not find anybody and everybody we tried just didn't get the sound or just couldn't couldn't own it you know and mm-hmm. uh finally i i remembered elliot's band anova we had played with him in arizona i was like man i remember that guy could sing his butt off you know i wonder what right. he's doing so i sent him an email and, and he was like yeah you know like sure whatever i'll, I'll fly out to california and, and we'll see what happens
1: so he and was this was this band, to, not to interrupt you, but was the band Nova still active? Or were they oh, kind of, was he kind of on, oh, they were, okay. Yeah, they okay. were definitely active.
2: But, you know, he's one of those guys where he's like, I'm a musician, if I want to do whatever I want to do. You know, I'm right. going to, if I can sing for 15 bands, I'll sing for 15 bands. Right. Um,
1: <laughs> okay. You know,
2: like, he's just that type of dude. And came out and, and we started vibing. And, and actually, the first song we wrote is, well, uh, maybe be the first single of the record but i'm not sure because the new song's a little bit heavier now um okay. and we were just like this is the guy he 100 percent he's got the look got the tattoos you know he's six foot two mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he's he's got that front man <laughs> thing yeah and yeah. um so we kind of we started flying him out more and more and, and, and writing more music and more music and more music and then you know but unfortunately because it had gone there was so much time that had gone by we kind of had a re-kickstart the interest in the industry cuz the industry kind of forgot about us, you know. Oh,
1: right. So, is uh, that it's, when it's, and then let's as we're talking now, I want to let's talk a little bit about is that when you decided to change names and and tell us a little bit about, you know, why you chose that name, any symbolism or meaning behind it and then we'll check out Zombies in the Sun, of course, and then come back and talk more about the the EP and upcoming stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the, the name, we were trying to register Park Lane, but it was too general. So okay. the 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 registration company actually wouldn't give it to us, so we basically started looking for mm-hmm. new names. And mm-hmm. Letters, Letters from the Fire was actually the name of the Park Lane record that came out.
1: Um, oh, okay. We had
2: called it, yeah, Letters from the Fire. And, and the name basically at the time just, you know, it was it represented Letters from the Fire are our stories and our trials and tribulations that we've gone through. You know, these are our stories from cool you know, the fire that we've been through. And mm-hmm. um and that's really what the name and what's yeah, great, for.
1: very deep and meaningful. Yeah, no, it definitely applies to like you said, the journey that you guys have been on. Um really cool. Nice. Okay. So let's do this, um, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about, you know, Elliot joining the band and getting some other new members and of course uh promoting the E P and uh what's in store for two thousand fifteen. All right. Awesome. So tell us. I did read about zombies from the zombies in the sun. Sorry, not from the sun. Um, so I don't want to kind of reiterate. You know, I, I I read that it has to do with you know people that are addicted to substances and, and drugs and kind of hide them behind their addictions. So tell us a little bit about. You know, did you know of someone and have some personal relationship or experience um, in terms of why you chose to write about that topic? I, I mean, it's a very important and relevant topic
2: yeah definitely i mean i I think you know everybody's had some kind of you know encounter with with that type of situation you know to what degree I don't know, but everybody mm-hmm. knows it and understands it and gets it but you know it's it, as far as the the lyrical content came really from from Elliot's you know direct contact with that type of situation and okay. he was just you know a lot of a lot of his friends you know either stole from him or you know because they were on those types of drugs and and he's been dealing with it for a long time, um not him personally but just his friends you know and right. uh, and so when when he heard the music, I guess that's just what it reminded him of, and he just started playing the songs down and you know putting yeah. the lyrics down and and that's a, that's what came out of it
1: Yeah, no, I mean great lyrics and and I guess zombie is i guess symbolic of i mean I've never heard that term personally, but is it? Symbolic of someone who, like you said, is is I guess hiding behind these addictions. Yeah, it's a,
2: it's well. So so in the sun is basically because he's from Arizona, you know. It's just, right. It's right. The sun's saved or mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's and then zombies is basically, it, they're people. They're they're it's not they're not monsters only at night. There's also monsters throughout the day and that you don't recognize, mm-hmm. and 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 you know they're in drugs, but you you don't really know sometimes and and they're just kind of slaves to this thing that they're addicted to. You know, they're just zombies. Right, right, right. So they're just kind of
1: wandering around, and they're not really, right, in tune with reality, so to speak.
0: Exactly.
1: Right. Cool. All right, well, let's uh, let's check out this other awesome track you guys have. All right, I'll put you on hold, and then we'll come back. Cool, thank you. Okay, hold on, Mike. All right, everyone, once again, Letters from the Fire on tonight on The Carrie Edelman Show. We're going to check out Their hit single, Zombies Zombies, in the Sun, it is all over radio right now. So be sure to pick up a copy of their EP, and we'll be back in a moment. Okay, once again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, you're listening to the guitarist and founder, Mike Kellner of Keller. I'm sorry, Mike. I don't know. I saw that in an interview, and it's killing me. Mike Keller of Letters from the Fire, and uh, great interview with him tonight, guys. So please pick up a copy of their EP, um, which is out now. You just heard Zombies in the Sun, another awesome track. That is one of their hit singles, currently in radio rotation. And uh, let's bring uh, Mike back on the air right now. Hey, Mike. Awesome, awesome song. Great stuff. And I'm, I apologize. Uh, I keep saying Kellner. And it was funny. I saw it in an interview, and I'm like... <laughs> then I had to go to your your page yesterday when I'm preparing the interview, and I'm like, shoot, do I have his name on? And then I looked at your name, and I'm like, no, it is Keller, but I keep calling him Kellner. So I apologize about no, that. I,
2: my, my mom <laughs> called me, she saw that, and she was like, what is that? Have him change it right now. I was like, Mom, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, So I apologize. It's Keller. It's Keller. I just got to keep saying that to myself.
0: Yeah, um, all good. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, really cool. And just to why we're talking about Zombies in the Sun, the um, the acoustic version was just really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Really, it really showcases just a different side of you guys as musicians. I mean, of course, you can play this heavy, raw, you know, amazing rock music, but when it's stripped down like that, it just showcases just to get it a different side, and it's just as good as the, you know, the heavy stuff.
2: Oh, I, I appreciate it. I, I think um, we were very fortunate to have, you know, a singer like Elliot. To, you know, his, his voice is very pure and unique, and, and how you hear him on the recording is literally how you will hear him live. Wow. And, um, you know, he's, well, not, you a very, he's not a very, he's not a doctor. Voice. Me if you,
1: uh, yeah, and no, if you come to New Jersey, you got to keep in touch with me. I want to come check you guys out at the live show. Oh, absolutely. So, um... So, yeah, so tell us a little bit about, you know, please introduce each of the members now so we can make sure we give each of them a plug and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the EP and what's in store for the future with some uh new music.
2: Definitely. So, um, you know, obviously singer, Elliot Weber. Um, um, our bass player is Clayton Wages. And then we actually have a new addition, guitar player, Cameron Stuckey, who, believe it or not, if you're familiar with Park Lane, he's actually the, one of the original drummers. Um, um. Just kinda, I know Park it's kind of odd, but yeah, he's he, one of the original drummers from Park Lane.
1: Wow. No, the name actually sounded familiar. And I, again, I don't know if it's just because maybe I saw it when you guys were, you know, Park Lane or whatever. Okay, very cool. So he when did he come back in?
0: He came
2: literally two weeks ago. He he was at the Berklee School of Music for guitar. Um, and he just came back just a total shredder, just an amazing, amazing guitar player. Um,
0: Great.
2: And, and we you know, we've recently parted ways with Grayson. Heard, unfortunately, um, and we we called Cameron and said, hey, you know, we have a spot and this is what we're doing. You ready? And he's like, heck yeah! <laughs> so he he's back.
1: Very cool. And what? Why did he be, Why did he originally be with?
2: Yeah, he, he you know, he, drumming was kind of is one of those. He's one of those guys where you're if you say, hey, can you learn the trumpet? He'll go, yeah, and he'll figure it out, and and right. he'll be amazing at it. He's just he's a crazy musician, and uh, drumming was just one of those things. He was doing it for our band. Because he was good at it, and you know there was touring opportunities. Um, but his his true love is, is playing guitar,
0: and uh, okay. you know I helped
2: him with his audition to get into Berkeley, and he got in. And he's like, "Listen, guys, you know this is my dream. I, I got to go take it." And we said, "Hey, you know you do what you got to do, man." Um, so he he he's been at the Berkeley School of Music for about two years now, and now he's okay. he's uh, back in back in LCF.
1: Great, very cool. And then you have uh, Ben Anderson, right? He's on drums.
2: Yeah, Ben Anderson on drums. He's uh, formerly from Digital Summer. Uh, pretty big yeah, rock okay. band.
1: Yeah, I had them on mm-hmm. a while back. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. So tell us about where did you end up uh, recording the EP? I mean, it's, it's you know, great sound. I mean, just qualities, you know, top notch. Where did you guys record that? And, you know, comment cool. on who the producer was, the mix engineer, et cetera.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh I actually I produced it at my house.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: did the whole wow. the whole thing at home, all in house. Uh the mixer was Dan Serta. He's an amazing mixer. done anything from Kelly Clarkson to you know Ben Moody stuff. Um just ton- it's great, awesome mixer. And but as far as, you know, engineering the record and producing it, I I did it myself at, at our studio in the house.
1: Wow. Well, it looks like you have another uh profession to uh to add to your list of things you do, Mike.
2: <laughs> oh I, I, so, I will producing will be one of those things I hope to get into at some point.
1: Yeah. No great. Wow, really great. So where are you guys at right now in terms of it looks like from some of the posts and stuff you're doing, you're in the process of uh working on some new music?
2: Yeah, we uh we actually it's oddly enough we, we finished the record. The record was ready to go. Um and you know we're gonna come back into January. <laughs> And what happened was, Elliot, when we got back from the the first leg of the Pop Evil where we started writing, we wrote four new songs that were just heavier, more aggressive, way more mature, and just kind of superior mm-hmm. to what we had on the record. And we were like, uh-oh, send it to our management company. And they're like, yep, let's start over. And we're like, crap. <laughs> so basically, we're in a new place where, you know, we've learned a lot on these tours from all these amazing bands, Pop Evil, Nonpoint, Trapped, et cetera, and, uh, yeah. and we're we're rewriting. So we have about 12 brand-new songs that have been written in the last – Three weeks. Um, oh my
1: gosh, that's amazing.
2: Yeah. So that that's basically yeah, where is- we're at right now.
1: Okay. And what's the management company that you're currently working with?
2: Uh, they're called Street Smart Management. Our, our manager is Don mm-hmm. Robertson. He was he was the uh, president of Century Media for about ten years.
1: Oh wow, great. So he branched out, I guess, and started his own kind of company.
2: Yeah. He uh, he's he's got a. They're more of a marketing company, but he took us mm-hmm. on. Um, as more of a management cool. role, you know, because his connections are insane. So he's been really helping us get out there and, and, you know, with these tours, et cetera.
1: That's great. Very good. So just, again, fast forward a little bit in the future, when do you anticipate potentially releasing the full length?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I mean, we have we have Shiprock in February, and then we have mm-hmm. maybe four dates with Gemini Syndrome, and then we're supposed to come home. So we're probably going to be writing and finishing the record Hopefully, uh, by April, should be all done, ready to go. And then hopefully, Great. you know, hopefully a single drop in, you know, June or July. And then record will come out three about three months, probably after that, with a proper promotion, et cetera.
1: Nice. All right. Well, so, you are – we're, we're going to continue, but you're always welcome back on and – I would love a copy of it because, like, you know, four songs or five songs is not enough. I'll tell you that much. Especially when I'm working <laughs> out, it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta start it over again. I need more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so, I appreciate no, it. No, I mean it,
1: it is. It's it's that good. It's really good. Um, cool. Thank you. So, um, so you're gonna do Shiprock, as you said, in uh, February, and where are you guys, where is that located again?
2: That's uh, that leaves out of Miami. Okay. Yeah.
1: Very cool. So, and I think like
2: actually at least Saturday. To get there and it's gonna be a nice long drive
1: <laughs> oh that's oh my gosh i can't believe you're right it's already gosh the end of january i'm thinking ah oh, february's like a couple months away it's right around the corner
2: yeah it's just coming up it's pretty crazy i'm i'm really excited super nervous all that all that jazz but it should be a yeah, great you guys show
1: will do great now i'm sure you're gonna just meet some you know additional amazing bands and it's just gonna be an amazing opportunity for you guys so no it's great really good so tell us something. I mean, we've talked so much about music, and and you guys tell us something interesting about each of you guys in terms of something you guys like to do on the side, whether it's when you have some downtime on the tour, you know, any interesting hobbies people have. Is someone into, I don't know, watching movies or things like that?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I mean personally, this is what I do. It's all day, every day. Um, you know, I, I teach guitar lessons here and there, but it's pretty much it's music. It's all I it's all I know how to do, at least right now. You okay. know where my, my mind's at, you know, and then uh, Ben Anderson, he, you know, he goes, he lives in Arizona, so he'll go home to AZ and hang out with, you know, his family members and, and girlfriend and whatnot, and, and, and uh, he does a lot of that type of stuff. He loves a lot of hiking, you know. Okay, cool. Um, very athletic kind of guy, and then we got, you know, Elliot actually lives with me. Um, oh, okay. So,
1: not
2: he's not, he's not with his girlfriend, he's, he's here in the studio with me um and then let's see clayton lives in davis california that's about two hours north of me he uh he has a lot of cats so he hangs out with his cat oh
1: clayton does <laughs> okay yeah how many so cats does this, he have i mean i definitely like cats has, i have one but that's it
2: <laughs> he has like four i think but his, he has wow. this, his main one is this uh this hairless
1: sphinx cat oh gosh Right,
2: which is like the creepiest <laughs> little creature I've ever seen in my life, and it terrifies me every time I go to his house. But yeah, he, he just, he's just—he's all about his cats, and you know, and he—it's pretty funny. <laughs>
1: so what does he do when he? I mean, it, it is—it's like having, unfortunately, a dog, a cat. You know, some people, you know, you do—you treat him like a kid. What does he do when he goes on tour with these guys?
2: Oh, he's got, he, you know, his daughter lives at the house as well, and he's got—he uh, has his friends live in his in his guest house or in his guest room or whatever. Okay. Um, so. They live. They, you know, they they take care of you know his daughter and also the kids and all that stuff. Right. Or the, sorry, the cats, in. not the kids. <laughs>
1: the cats. <laughs> no fun. There you go, ferdinand and Flip. Right. Is, does he call yeah, in to exactly. check in on them? Is he checking in to see how these, these these cats are doing?
2: Oh yeah, he's he's pretty much he facetimes with his cats. It's pretty funny <laughs> to watch. Um That's He's funny because awesome. he'll, he'll 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 facetime his daughter and be like, Hey, all right, give me the cat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, no. Thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. I mean, Mike, you've been, seriously, you've been a pleasure. Such an open book. I mean, you've made my job actually too easy tonight. But no, I appreciate it. I mean, really cool. Really cool interview with you. Um, oh, thank you. I appreciate you having yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. So yeah, please share, you know, anything else you want to with the audience, Um, you know, any of your social media sites that they can find you on, and then we'll wrap things up. And uh, like I said, definitely keep in touch with me. I'm looking forward to what's in store with you guys in the future and we will bring you back on when you uh, release that full length.
2: Yeah, 100%. I definitely definitely appreciate it.
1: Um,
2: as far as, yeah, finding us, we you can find us on you know, lettersfromthefire.net, facebook.com slash fire, and then all our, like, Twitter and Instagram are just at LSTF Music. Um, you know, and as far as my last message to the fans is, you know, our our greatest currency that we have as a band are our fans. I mean, everything... We have mm-hmm. some of the greatest fans ever, people that have been following just me since I was 16. And I've actually had the pleasure awesome. of actually finally meeting them on some of these tours, Pop Evil, et cetera. And it's a trip. It's it's really what makes this worth it, it's the people who listen to your music and who connect with it. So, you know, thank you, all you guys, and everybody who listens to us at the end of the day. It's it's without you guys, we're nothing. So,
1: Very cool. No, you guys definitely come across, again, it's a very genuine, you know, grounded, down-to-earth band, and it's it's cool to see that. I don't hear any egos coming through or anything like that. Like you said, you guys are really appreciative of everything you have and the hard work you've done to get to where you are today. So, that's great. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, um, you know, please promote the podcast. We want everyone to check out this interview again. They'll learn so much about you guys that they're not going to find anywhere else. So, um, I would appreciate that, and it will be available once we wrap up. And, um, Let's keep in touch and I wish you much success, Mike, you and the band.
0: Uh,
2: thank you so much. You as well, and, and we'll definitely we'll talk soon.
1: Okay. Take care, Mike. Have a great night. Uh, you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone, again. Mike Keller, and I got his name right, from Letters from the Fire and uh awesome interview with him again, as I mentioned. He was, you know, truly a pleasure. An open book, uh, made my job extremely easy tonight. So if for some reason you tuned in late, Please download a podcast, it's available for free, you can stream it, Um, you can download it right after the interview is over and, you know, share it with everyone, spread the word about these guys, these guys are doing some amazing stuff and a lot of hard work and putting out some great music. So, um, thank you again for joining me tonight and as I mentioned, I have, gosh, at least over 200 interviews, so please check them out. I mean, everyone from comedians, lots of hard rock bands, that's kind of, you know, my area of uh, music I really enjoy. Authors, um, all types of entertainers. So check it out. Just go to Carrie Edelman on Blog Talk Radio. And um, also become a fan of my show, please, on Facebook, The Carrie Edelman Show. And you can see updates I post all the time for upcoming artists and people I will be interviewing. I'm also on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will also follow you. And please send me a friend request on Facebook. Love to keep in touch with people that way, too. So thank you so much again for tuning in tonight. And uh, in the process of booking other interviews at this point, can't, uh, you know, solidify something to put a date out there, but lots of bands in the works and other people. Okay, so thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Have a great night, and feel free, as I mentioned, if you tuned in late or halfway through the show, you can download the podcast. Thanks so much again for the support, and have a great night.